And so I say this a lot, and this is very true, that every success story I've ever met on day one never thinks it's going to happen for them. Mm. It doesn't matter. You have something in common with all of us. The only thing that is required is courage to start, not the belief. You don't need to make your doubts and your fears go away. You just need the courage to start. Welcome to Not Your Mama's Midlife Podcast with Stephanie Lee. On this show, we're going to talk about the experiences of high-achieving women and men across industries and lifestyles who are at about the midpoint in their career and are no longer satisfied to let life happen to them. Together, we're going to purposely create the second half of our lives by addressing burnout and overwork, by getting clarity on how we're creating the experiences of our lives, including how we're keeping ourselves stuck, by articulating what it is we want for the second half of our lives and identifying a plan to achieve it. Hello, and welcome to Not Your Mama's Midlife Podcast. Today, I'm gonna be interviewing Corinne Crabtree. She is a weight loss coach and simply a fixture in the life coach community for the life coach school where I was certified. Several months ago, Corinne put a post in the private Facebook group that's utilized by those of us that were certified at LCS. She's doing a podcast tour and she was offering to be on our podcasts of anyone who was interested in applying. And so I think I was sitting in the bathtub scrolling Facebook at the time, but I knew this was a now or never situation. And so I sat there and I filled out the application and I thought my tiny little show is not going to be one that she selects with major reach so that she can promote a program. So I was shocked when I learned that Corinne actually accepted all of the invitations that were extended to her. So she has done over 60 podcast interviews over the course of the last few months. And I tell you that to share with you just how generous Corinne Crabtree is with her knowledge and experience not only with the clients that she serves in her programs, No BS Weight Loss, and now No BS Business Women, but also with those of us that are coming behind her as life coaches. So it's such a privilege to have her on the show today. Corinne Crabtree is a master certified weight and life coach with a mission to help every woman break generational curses in order to improve their personal health and wellness. She lost over 100 pounds 15 years ago And ever since, she's dedicated her life to teaching other women how to do the same. She's one of the leading voices now in both the weight loss and business industries. She's the host of the wildly successful podcast, Losing 100 Pounds with Corinne. It has been downloaded more than 50 million times and in 160 countries. Over a million women have taken her free weight loss course. And now she has over 14,000 paid members in the No BS Weight Loss Program. After being a featured expert at the Life Coach School and having her business rank 1,052 in the Inc. 5,000 Fastest Growing Businesses of 2022, Corinne founded the No BS Business Women's Membership. This program focuses on providing online entrepreneurs with simple frameworks, tools, and the focus that they need to take action and build the business of their dreams. In addition, she offers advanced weight loss life coach training for coaches, dietitians, 
and medical professionals who want to improve their clients' weight loss goals. You can catch Corinne on Facebook and Instagram, talking shit about the diet and online marketing industries. Her greatest passion is helping women get rid of their old shitty thoughts by using self-love to never quit on themselves again. I am delighted to bring you this interview with Corinne. Let's get to it. Well, Corinne, welcome to Not Your Mama's Midlife Podcast. Well, thank you. I love the title. (laughs) It's so awesome. I'm so glad. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So it is wonderful to have you here. Thank you so much. So tell my audience a little bit, if you would, just in your own words, I've shared with them an intro already, but I'd love for them to hear from you who you are. So I, so I lost weight. Um, it was around 2005 and 2007. I lost a hundred pounds after a lifetime of really suffering. Like I, by the time I was nine, I was really overweight. Um, I was just telling someone a story about how, um, when I was nine, I was walking up some stairs at school and I hadn't thought about this in years. And one of the bullies that like bullied me all the time made a comment to me about why did I walk bent over to where Mm. everyone could see my big butt swinging back and forth. And just the other day I was walking up the stairs in my own house and I, a voice in my head said, make sure you stand up straight. (laughs) Oh my. Yeah. So I was, I was telling this person, I was like, you know, our old social conditioning, our old bullies, our old voices, they stick with us for a long. I mean, I have had my weight off for 16 years and that happened when I was nine and I am 49 years old. And uh, I was telling them that story because that just happens. Like we just all have Mm -hmm. crappy thoughts all the time. Like it's not anything to get too worked up about, but I was bullied, um, made fun of. I was always the big girl. I struggled with my weight, even in my twenties. Um, and then in my early thirties, I'd had a son and just like, I was at the end of my rope. I Mm. was, I just, you know, I had suffered with depression also throughout high school. I had had a suicide attempt at 17. Mm. And by the time I was ready to lose weight this time, I was postpartum feeling terrible over 250 pounds. Couldn't, I I literally, it worried me to even walk my baby up the stairs because Mm -hmm. I'm so winded. It would hurt my back. So I just spent a whole, my whole life. It felt like my whole life just struggling with my weight. And then I eventually lost it through some small changes. I didn't do anything crazy. I knew that because I'd failed so many diets, there was just no way that I could ever do something like that again. Yeah. So I just made little changes. Eventually after 18 months, I lost my weight and then decided I was going to help other women do the same. Oh, amazing. So a lot of the women that I work with Corinne and that listen to the podcast are women who are looking to change their lives in some way for the second half of their life. They want something more Mm -hmm. and something that, um, that many of us, and I will say us, because of course I'm one of those women too. Many of us have in common is there's also some weight to lose. Yeah. Yeah. And I had a, a personal aha moment that I'll use to, to kind of start our conversation. And it was driving home from work one day and realizing how much I was looking forward to what I was going to make for dinner. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't special dinner. You know, it was just a weeknight dinner, sort of one of our usual things. And of course I want to say, and there was nothing wrong 
with looking forward to what I was going to make for dinner. Yeah. But I had this moment of awareness and thinking that that's low hanging fruit. That's really not what I want for my life. And it, it occurred to me then, and I, I really saw how overeating could be a way to just simply take the edge off of dissatisfaction with your life. So it's almost just good enough that you don't have to make any changes. Yeah. It also, I think a lot of times, um, we don't realize when we are, and it's not just when you're overweight, it's like kind of Uh a symptom of the bigger problem of when food becomes the highlight reel of your life and your life is not the highlight reel anymore. Now we have a problem. Like, yeah. sometimes it's like little epiphanies like that, where you're just like, oh my God, the best part of my day is what I'm going to make for dinner. Like <laughs> yes. that, that means the rest of the day was just crap, yeah. you know, or it was hard or overwhelming yeah. or, you know, like, I just know that for a lot of my women, mm-hmm. cause I have a lot of high achievers inside my weight loss membership. And one of the no biggest problems they have is they wake up and they literally just are on go until yes. they do get home. And they haven't thought anything other than the next thing that's in front of them. And they don't take even a moment during the day. And I don't mean like sitting back and sitting on a pillow because we're all Mm -hmm. right. But they like, if they finish something, they never think good job. They're Mm. like, thank God I got that done because I got like 40 more to do. So like we do this all day long and we don't even realize how stressful of a life we have until we go home. And the only way we know how to take it all down and have a good time is mm-hmm. the food that we're going to consume. Yeah, absolutely. So when you began to take a look at losing weight for yourself, what was it that you, that you wanted? Why, why this time and what was going to make this time different? Well, it's so interesting because I think this is the I think this is the fairy tale that we all have about weight loss is that there's going to be a day that I'm just going to wake up and be like, my life's changing and I'm going to be mm-hmm. so self-assured, motivated and all the things. No, <laughs> I woke up one day <laughs> laying on the couch, watching my one-year-old play and mm-hmm. realized I couldn't play with him. And mm-hmm. then I cried all day, <laughs> cried until my husband came home cried to him and just, mm-hmm. I literally just said, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm, I'm going to figure something out. Yeah. And the next day I just got up and I was like, I'm going to go for a walk. But that next day I did not feel motivated. I did not mm. feel better about myself. I was not suddenly like on a raging mission to accomplish something. I like literally felt really crappy about my life and just decided today I got to do something about it instead of whining about it. Like that was the big epiphany. <laughs> like, yeah. It, was not as um, parades and balloons and unicorns that I think a lot <laughs> of us think's going to happen when we're mm-hmm. going to make a big change. It's always every success story I've ever talked to in my membership. It the day is so subtle. It is just. It was just like this one day we woke up and we we did something different mm-hmm. while we thought it would never work. While we thought that we probably couldn't do it while we were riddled with not good enoughness and self-doubt. Like I tell people that all the time about weight loss, we make such a big deal out of whether or not we've been able to lose weight before Mm -hmm. these other things. I'm like, it's so irrelevant. I've never literally, like I have coached thousands of women at this point on how to lose all of their weight or not even just how actually thousands have lost all of their weight. Right. right. Four or 500 now that have lost a hundred pounds and a few hundred have lost 200 pounds. 
everyone, I'm same story. I don't know. I didn't believe I could do it on day one. Like we put all this hope and pressure on that. You don't need mm-hmm. to believe on day one. You just got to get started. Like I that's love literally that. it. Yeah. yeah. And that's like the magic sauce of weight loss is like every day, you don't have to believe you can lose all your weight every day though. Like I always tell people do doable beliefs. Mm-hmm. I don't have to believe I can lose all my weight, but I believe at lunch today, I can leave a few chips off this plate. I believe that Yeah, like most of us can get behind things like that. Then we just have to work on thinking, but needing two chips is not going to be enough. It's like, yeah, it is. You know why? Because if I eat all the chips, that for sure is not going to be good enough. Right. Like, right. We just have to have these better conversations with ourselves about all of it. So tell me a little bit about those better conversations. What does that sound like? So like one of my examples, like for me personally was um, Mm -hmm. when I first got started, I wanted to learn how to like walk, Mm -hmm. like literally how to, like, to me, I had to learn how to agree on how long it was going to be, where it was going to get done, when it was going to happen and all the things. So I had agreed in the very beginning, I'm going to walk for 15 minutes mm-hmm. and, I'm, and I needed to do it at the Y. I started losing weight during a cold time of year in okay. Nashville. Yeah. And trust me, I am like, I'm a July baby. Like I was, mm. I'm a cancer <laughs> winter. Do not get along. Like yeah. Corinne is not going to go walking outside. So I was like, I'm going to join the Y and I'm going to go each night the only time I could go was when my husband got home from work because, um, my baby, we didn't know at the time, but he, he had mm-hmm. autism mm-hmm. and he couldn't go to uh, like a little, I had tried in the past of taking him to like, there was a couple times I thought, I'm going to leave some weight and go to the gym. He just cried the whole time. Mm-hmm. Like it was very overstimulating. So right. I was like, I know I got to go at night. So then what I had to do to make changes was the moment that I thought it wasn't good enough. I had to tell myself, Corinne, the only thing that's not good enough is you staying at home thinking Mm. it's not good enough. Mm. You have to start with something. So I had to have those conversations. Then when I'd be driving over there, it would, you know, now it wasn't that it wasn't good enough. It was like, oh my God. Yeah. Everybody's going to see the big girl walking. What if you don't even know how to use the treadmill? Like all the things. And I just be like, look, you're never going to learn how to use a treadmill unless you go in there and play with it. Mm-hmm. Like, you yeah. don't even have to ask anybody just hit buttons. It can't be that difficult. So <laughs> like, start, I just, right. yes. Like I just had to have micro conversations with myself. It was like every step was full of doubt. Mm. And the only way that I was really going to be able to change was like, stop thinking I had to change everything I ate and everything I did. I had to pick something I could change but then work on changing the thoughts I had around it. That was all like, it really dawned on me when I was losing weight, I would catch myself in so many moments where I'd think, oh my God, like every time you talk to yourself like that, you set yourself up to feel terrible and quit. We just can't talk to ourselves like that anymore. Because I knew intellectually that if I did things, that was better than doing nothing. But in the Mm -hmm. moment, my self-doubt, my crappy talk of like, that's not good enough. That won't work. You've never been able to do it. All of that made so much sense in the moment. Right. 
But I would have to tell myself like, no, it just is not true. It is not true. Like I, I remember saying old Corinne thinks she can't lose weight. New Corinne thinks she doesn't know Jack. Okay. Like, I'm just like, why are we believing yeah. all of that? Like, like I'm no fortune teller. Yeah. Like, and everybody needs to think about that. Whatever big thing you're pursuing, whether it's starting a business, it's um, changing jobs, losing weight or whatever, you are not a fortune teller. So quit trying to figure out mm. what's going to happen in the future based on some crappy opinion you have about yourself yeah. and about your past. So Corinne, you talk so gently to yourself when you're talking about how, how you would coax yourself to, to get on the treadmill or to think yeah. differently. How did you develop that, that gentle inner tone, that way of talking to yourself kindly? Lord, I wish I knew. I, it just was like, I, I think like when I think about it, it was one, I had always had a really butthole inner voice. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, I just tore myself up like, like uh, yeah. Really like religion. Mm. And I think it just dawned on me at some point, like beating yourself up has gotten you nowhere. Like it's legit gotten you nowhere. Like I couldn't figure out anything in my life that was better because of my beat downs. Yeah. Now, like, and I have built now, well, I have one eight figure business, a mm -hmm. second seven figure business. And we just bought a restaurant oh, and yeah. I have not always talked super nice to myself through all of it, but I mm -hmm. never built those businesses on the back of self-deprecation mm. or pushing myself. I built them because every time I was doing that, I would tell myself, no, like you can do this, or we're not going to think like that, or that's not helpful. I literally built everything on this idea of, you have got to either cheerlead yourself mm -hmm. or stop the bleeding one or the other. <laughs> like if I yeah. can't get to where I talk nice to myself, I at least can draw a line in the sand and say, that crap doesn't work. There's just no sense in thinking that way. Yeah. You know, like so many, like I have, um, I've been coached several times on not feeling good enough. Mm -hmm. and yeah. Like that had been like a running theme my entire life of like, no matter what I accomplished for some reason, you know, I just like, yeah, but that's not good enough. It's the next thing. It's the next thing. Mm -hmm. It's the next thing. I finally, one day my coach just said, what is enough to you? And I couldn't even define it. And she just said, then quit telling yourself you're not good enough. If you don't know what good enough is. And for, I never defined it, but I told myself yeah. that from that moment on, I was like, stop holding yourself to some standards. You're not even willing to set. Yeah. And then I've coached people where they'll tell me what good enough is. Mm -hmm. And then I tell them like, is that the working definition you want for yourself? Because mm -hmm. if it is, then let's just talk nicer to ourselves to get there. But let's just make sure that like a lot of times what I find with women, especially in our forties and fifties, because I'm sure. 40, fixing to be 49, mm -hmm. is when we examine our definition of good enough and we really look at it, it's not ours. It's something that our daddy said we should be. Mm. It's something that our best friend mentioned we should be. It's what society said would be good enough. Like somewhere, a teacher, somewhere we learned it and we, no one's ever opened our eyes to figuring out like, what is good enough? For me? Like, who do I want to be is the real question. 
Yeah. And define that and then work towards it and notice where you already are that person. So many of us are walking around already pretty freaking great yeah. giving ourselves no credit for it. Absolutely. So many of the women that I talk to and work with believe that they have gotten where they are. They have gotten to their level of success by sort of berating themselves and telling themselves, you've got to do this. You've got to do that. You've got to do this better. You know, that sort of perfectionist inner voice. Yeah. I think that it's easy to make that assumption, but here's mm -hmm. what I always try to challenge people on is when you say that. So like, when you say you've got to do this, there's probably mm -hmm. something running subconsciously that you're not listening to that saying, and here's why it's actually really important to you. Mm. And we don't listen to that part, but so many of us, I always like to say this, this, this may help clear it up is every inner voice that we have, every thought, every berating thing that we have is a messenger. It is a thought. It is a, whatever it is, a feeling that is trying to communicate something to you. The problem is, is that most of our messengers learned how to speak like in terrible languages. Yeah. Very salty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like yeah. they went to sailor school and said, Hey, <laughs> teach me how to like motivate people. <laughs> you right. know? Right. So yeah. it's the message behind it is worth seeking. Mm -hmm. It's just the messenger sounds like a butt. Yeah. So don't throw out the message because of the messenger. And what a lot of us do is we get so caught up, like my brain's a butt and my brain says it this way and mm -hmm. it beats and that's the only way I can be successful. It's like, no, it's not the only way to be successful. You were successful because something like the message underneath it is what's really driving you. The voice mm -hmm. is probably what's driving you to eat a ding dong while you succeed, you know, right. and go grab some Twinkies because of it. But that like, I always challenge people. It's like, if to achieve what you did, there was always a why, there was a purpose, there was something inside you that mm -hmm. made complete sense and that you wanted, or you wouldn't have done it. Because if you were vehement against doing it, most humans won't do it. We will find a way yeah. out of things. Yeah. So it's just like a concept. I think that a lot of people don't really understand. It's like most of us who've been hard on ourselves all of our lives, we just get confused that that's why we were doing things. It mm -hmm. was just the instructions for the inner message that we really wanted. So now we just change the the messenger. It's like, yeah. you're fired. I'm going to go and buy the nice one now. <laughs> well, and it just feels so much better to speak kindly yeah. to yourself. Yeah. But but, but we do, you know, people do feel like that's somehow letting themselves off the hook. Yeah. Letting you yourself know. off the hook. This is what I always tell people, like really define what letting yourself off the hook is. Being mm -hmm. nice to yourself isn't letting yourself off the hook. Now, Agreed. saying yeah. like, like if you decide, I don't know, you're going to do something today on your calendar and you decide to just blow it off and do something else, go shopping or just not right. do it, work right. on something else. Letting yourself off the hook would be noticing that pattern and saying, oh, it's okay. It doesn't matter. Mm. That's letting yourself off the hook. That's not even compassionate because it does matter. If honoring your calendar matters to you, telling yourself it doesn't matter and it's okay is not nice either. No, it it's not. It sounds Agreed. nice, yeah. but it's not nice. The better thing is 
let's figure out why we decided not to do that. There must be something going on. Mm. Like it's not the end of the world that you didn't do it, but it's not who you want to be either. Right. That's not letting yourself off the hook. That's being truthful and honest. And I think that's a lot of times people think like, well, if I'm not being a total butthole to myself, now I have to be like, I could never challenge this indulgent. Right. Right. Yeah. I can't be honest with myself. Like, I think the nicest thing we do is tell ourselves the truth. Like for me, if I'm blowing something off, I'm like, let's just tell ourselves the truth. Like I'm I'm getting ready to teach this class inside my membership Mm -hmm. in July. And it's, it's called no excuses weekend. And one of the things I tell them is there's a difference between I can't do something and I won't do something. Mm. And so a lot of times telling ourselves the truth is like, it's not that I can't follow this and it's not that it's okay. It's I wouldn't do this because of this reason. And I just want to know the truth. So I want to make sure that I'm actually operating from the reasons I like, that I'm not operating Absolutely. from a bunch of crap. So what what became available to you or what becomes available to your clients when they change this way of speaking to themselves? Usually it's like, especially when it comes to weight loss, mm-hmm. um, the main reason, like if you think about reasons why we tend to overeat, it's to right. get like we're either it's, getting a break from ourselves, mm-hmm. we're getting a break from our life. Um, a lot of, of my clients, whenever they yeah. feel really um, just sad, downtrodden, broken, lonely, anything like that, yeah. they don't yeah. know what to do other than eat. So if you think about your inner self-talk, if you're constantly viewing your world and viewing yourself and generating so much negative emotion, mm. you need your brain no option other than to rescue you because your brain is like oh I don't want you to feel bad honey and most and most of us we have one to like when you suffer with your weight you got one tool in the toolbox when it comes to feeling terrible right eat something eat will feel better and it does because of two reasons food will always number one, release some kind of chemical. So you're just going to feel a little better anyway. But the main reason that most people don't realize is when you eat, your brain stops thinking about you being a problem. And it starts being like, nom, nom, nom. This tastes really good. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You're going to feel leveled up because you're not having that conversation anymore. So the answer isn't to just keep eating. The answer is if you actually want to feel better, it's get aware of the conversation and let's change the root cause of the problem. Mm. When you change that, you take away food urges. Your brain doesn't have to, like if you're not feeling bad all the time, this is what happens with a lot of my clients. They're like, I don't know. You know, when we first got started, it was kind of hard because I didn't like how I thought and stuff. But once I, you know, this makes sense. I started feeling better. It's amazing. I don't even want ice cream at night anymore. It's like, yeah, because it's not your best friend anymore. You are becoming your best friend. You've replaced it. What kind of doors open up for your clients when, when this happens for them, when they become their own best friend? A lot. Like I, I will tell you, like, I love helping women lose weight. That's yeah, such a passion of mine, but my best days mm-hmm. are to see women who um, like for the first time are getting into pictures with their children. Oh, and like they haven't even lost their weight yet, but because they don't beat themselves up all the time mm-hmm. and they're just taking better care of themselves. We talk a lot about not missing moments in life and all this other stuff. And when they start really thinking about their life, they start thinking, I'm going to be in pictures with my kids. 
Mm. They're so proud of themselves. I have a lot who they get new jobs. They, um, you know, they start really believing in themselves. You know, like, I don't think I have to stay at this job anymore. I'm going to put myself out there and just see what happens. The next thing you know, they're making more money. And it's not because they lost weight. It's because they lost their mental weight that had been slowing them down. A lot of them start businesses. I have 12 coaches on my team. Mm-hmm. They were all no BS weight loss clients. And yes. they all went to life coach school and then they all became coaches for me. And they, some of them were PTs. One was an accountant. Mm-hmm. Two oh, of them yeah, actually yeah. were accountants, actually. <laughs> like all kinds of walks of life. And like, like when you, it's not about the weight loss. It's when you change you, like mm-hmm. how you think about yourself, you become braver. You become more courageous. You're not as afraid of risk. Like when you really have your own back, like yeah, I have my back you have a much bigger risk tolerance in life. You're willing to have more honest conversations with people. A lot of my women, their marriages have improved because they um, now, because they actually like themselves, mm-hmm. they're not like needing their husbands and their wives to um, fill the gap anymore. A lot less mm. pressure on them to do that. I was telling a story the other day about how, when I first started with Chris, Um, Mm -hmm. in our marriage that I used to always say things like, you're never going to leave me. Right. Or I would say, I don't like, like, I'm just so lucky to have you because no other man would want me and stuff like that because I had such a low self-regard, but I was also baiting him because I couldn't love me. I needed him to love me. Mm. Otherwise, Otherwise I had no love. And then when I started like really working on how I talk to myself and stuff, stop doing all that. And we were talking about it the other day and he was just like, yeah, you never rely on me to feel good about yourself anymore. He's like, it's so freeing for me because now I get to just love you. And he told me too, there were several times in our marriage where, and this happens with my clients all the time sure. where he would tell me things about me that like quite lovely things. Mm-hmm. And it would set me off. Like I, like I would like argue with him that it wasn't true that, um, you know, he must want something like, because in my mind, there was so much wrong with me because of my body that right. when somebody else even tried to give me love, like unsolicited love, it would like be a threat to my identity. So it just, I don't know. You just get to have better relationships. You're braver. You're more courageous. I mean, I just see my women doing phenomenal stuff all the time. And I'm like, Hallelujah. We're not all just sitting around trying to lose weight so we can have a better life. We're having a better life because we're creating a better internal life for ourselves. Mm. That makes the weight just come off so much easier. Oh my, that's just amazing. I love that so much. So, so I have been curious watching your trajectory and the start of no BS business women, you know, I mean, obviously I'm sure that was a business decision for you, but I have wondered as well, how many of your women who were enrolled in that program were itching for something more and had that, that interest and that desire for business coaching from you because they were pursuing more in their lives or wanted something different. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I started that business because, well, I didn't go to college, mm-hmm. didn't do anything. And then I started my business in 2007 and it wasn't even like really profitable at all. 
Like, I mean, I made, I made a few, like maybe 10 to 20, $30,000 a year for a while. Um, but I like, I showered my clients with stuff. Like I just, I just loved what I did, but I never took it seriously. Yeah. But in 2015, I was like, we got to take this seriously. There were <laughs> some things that were happening in our life. And mm-hmm. my husband even had said several times and I didn't believe him. He was just like, you're really good at this. Have you ever thought about growing it? And I was like, I don't know, you know, all that stuff. Well, then I got serious and took it from, you know, the, my measly 30 K a year we do, you know, we're on track right now for 15 million this year, just in the weight loss. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And so I started the business membership because I knew there were a lot of women like me who wanted their own thing. Mm-hmm. And I had was watching a lot of course creators and coaches who just really wanted to have a business, but just had no home no real place where they could go and learn the skills that they needed for that online business experience and get their mind right around it. Because I really believe you got to have a CEO mindset. I don't Mm -hmm. care if it's making a dollar, you got to have CEO mindset from day one. That's what I didn't have. And that's why it took me, you know, forever to do it. And it's just wait that long to do something amazing in their life. So I really did start it because I just want, I had, loved coaching business. I was getting invited everywhere to coach business and tell my mm-hmm. story and stuff. And I just, I looked at my husband one day and I said, I want to start a business membership. I, like, I was like one of those people where they say, you know, like, whatever you do, don't do too many things. Don't have too many right. offers. You know, you'll cannibalize your pain <laughs> and all this stuff. So I was scared to yeah. do it. I was really yeah. scared, but I had a big passion for it. And the majority of my people are, a lot of my women are they've got their main job and they mm-hmm. want something more for themselves. And so they're trying to build, um, build the that side. business into like, take the side hustle to the main hustle. Okay. Okay. So, so tell me going back to a little bit to our earlier conversation, when you're working with the women in your business coaching program, what, what, what do you see and observe within those women in terms of the way they talk to themselves and what, what the, what the role of their it's self-talk the is. Same. It's like, instead of sitting there going, my thighs are too big, they're saying, um, I don't know. I'm not good at math. <laughs> like I didn't go, a lot of them didn't go to college either, or okay. I didn't go to college for this. You know, mm. like they just, they have the same, it's the same thing of there's this thing that I want to do. And here is my list of 32 reasons why that will never happen for me and all of my life. Like it's yeah. just, the different, um, it's just a different flavor of self-loathing. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, it's so interesting because I always like every time I'm coaching in business, I'm like, no, I'm just going to give it to you in a weight loss example. Cause like most women can always, you know, whatever, but Absolutely. they're always comparing the same thing. It's just like, if they have a hard time following their food plan, they got a hard time following their calendar. And so if, if I'm lazy yeah. about exercise, I'm lazy about my calendar on, on the business side. You know, if I'm not good at this, I'm not good at that. It's all the same stuff. It's just mm. plug in the, the the thing. That's the only thing that rotates. That's so interesting. Oh my goodness. We're all, we're all just so similar in the way that we, in the way that we do these things. Oh, yeah. so, so do you have women that do both at one time that, that are pursuing both losing weight and building a business at the same time? I do. And I usually encourage people that there's a big myth out there that like, yeah, there's no way I can lose weight while building my business. And I'm like, there's no way you can eat your face off and build a business. Like, like let's tell the truth. 
Yeah. Most of my women, the half the time, mm-hmm. if they're not following their calendars because they followed their nose right into the refrigerator. Mm. Like, what if you were doing your task instead of eating? You'd lose weight, number one, and you'd get your crap done. Yeah. So it's like, it's this idea. I'm, I tell people all the time, you can build a business better if you remove one uh, extra snacking because mm. now you're going to have time to work that you keep saying you have no time. It's like, like I always tell people, I'm always shocked when people say, I don't have time to lose weight. I'm like, but all this overeating you do takes time. Yeah. Like, can you cut that out and get some time back in your life? They're like, oh. Yeah, all the Netflix and binging, yes. Yes. (laughs) Or they'll say things like, um, and well, this is the other thing I think weight loss helps with business is, when you, like the way that I teach weight loss is not time consuming. I mean, we're really mm-hmm. just doing some basics. It's not even like we're asking you to build an arc or something. It's when you take away a lot of the overeating and you're getting hydrated and you're getting the sleep, you have more energy for your business. The yeah. main reason why people have a hard time building their business and losing weight is because I'm building my business, talking to myself like a jerk. Mm-hmm. So I need some mm-hmm. way to decompress. And so I'm going to eat and then blame my business for it instead of blaming me for talking to myself like a jerk. Yeah. Like a lot of more people pleasers, like they'll like say yes to 500 things and then they're trying to build a business. And then they'll say that they can't lose weight and build a business. I'm like, no, here's the real thing. You won't say no to certain people. Mm. Like, let's just tell the truth. Yeah. You're not overextended. There are things and people in your life that you don't want to have tough conversations with. So tell the truth. I choose to not have tough conversations. I choose to have too much on my plate. So that's the truth. I don't need to eat over that. But when we tell ourselves like, oh, I'm a hopeless victim of all these things. And I just don't know how this gets (laughs) on my calendar. It's like, there ain't no fairy putting things on your calendar. You're saying yes when you want to say no and you refuse to do it. Yeah. What do, what, what's the transformation like when you, when you're working with women and they begin telling the truth to themselves? Usually it's, there's some relief in Mm. the very end. Like most people think that like, Ooh, that's going to feel terrible. It's like, it really doesn't. It actually feels terrible. What feels the most terrible is thinking everything's out of your control. We feel very helpless and overwhelmed when that's happening. When you're telling the truth, it's like, Usually people are, it's like, there's a big sigh of relief. Like, at least I know the problem now. Mm. It's like, there's, and I can do something about the problem now. Yes. There's like yeah. a feeling of authority and relief yeah. that come. Now you don't feel amazing. Like this is the thing about telling the truth. Don't expect to be like, yay, the truth. We're not going to be happy with it. Mm-hmm. We're going to feel though aware, focused. We're going to realize I have control. You're going to feel responsible, Mm -hmm. authority. Those are not sexy emotions usually, but they're very necessary in order to gain control over your life. And when you, but they also feel better than helplessness, victimy, like that's a level up. And then eventually when you're doing that, when you start taking control, then we start feeling the like powerful we start feeling mm. proud of ourselves. We start like we start creating like different results in our life where we have different things to think about. I tell people all the time, like, look, I don't care if you believe you can lose weight or not. I really don't. 
Nobody should care whether you believe you can lose weight or not. It's just not required to do it. But sometimes the easiest way to believe in yourself is to, in the moments that you're doubting the most, do it anyway, so that tomorrow mm. you can wake up and think about something new. Instead of waking up every day thinking about the same tired crap, yep. of like I didn't do it again, at least for a day, make yourself do something knowing you just want something new to think about tomorrow. Tomorrow, I will decide if this is something I'm going to keep doing or not, but I'm not going to decide before I even try. Yeah. Corinne, this has been incredible. I so appreciate your time. Is there anything else that you would like to share with, with the woman who is wanting to change her life in some way and who is, who's feeling stuck, not sure how to move forward? I like, so I say this a lot, and this is very true that every success story I've ever met on day one, never thinks it's going to happen for them. Mm. It doesn't matter. You have something in common with all of us. The only thing that is required is courage to start, not the belief you don't need to make your doubts and your fears go away. You just need the courage to start. I was telling somebody yesterday about how courage is never needed unless you're scared of something. Yeah. Why would you need courage? So for all of them who are, you know, cause I think in your forties and fifties, it can be kind of, it's like, we want it so bad. I feel like our fifth, especially when you're, you're around the fifties, right. It's like rebirthing thing. I think we want it mm. to, it's like life is just changing. And we also at that age, I think we come upon this like level of there's stuff I do and don't want to tolerate in life anymore. Like, yeah, like, we, like we're seasoned and mature enough to start really drawing a line. Absolutely. And it's those moments when we have that yearning that we just have to go for it and use the courage and mm. not wait to believe in ourselves. It's like, it can happen at any age. Yeah. As long as you just decide to get started, getting started is the most important thing. Yeah. Wonderful. Awesome. Thank you so much, Corinne. I appreciate it. This has been amazing. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me. Thank you. Hey, everybody. I'm jumping in um, after having recorded the episode and realizing as I edited that I didn't ask Corinne how you could find her in the world. And so I want to jump in here quickly and just point you in the right direction so that you are able to find her. So first, you would want to find her at her Losing 100 Pounds podcast. And so that is going to be available on all the usual podcast players. Corinne is also, of course, on Instagram at Corinne underscore Crabtree and at no BS business women. Also on Instagram, you can also find her at nobsfreecourse.com. That's going to be her free course that I mentioned over a million people have downloaded, as well as the weightlossuniversity.com. And now that's going to be her advanced weight loss coaching certification. And you can find Corinne's new business membership at nobsbusinesswomen.com. I will have links to these, of course, in the podcast description. All right. I hope you all enjoyed that interview with Corinne Crabtree. Corinne, once again, I am so appreciative. Thank you so much for coming on the show. If you are enjoying Not Your Mama's Midlife podcast, please hop over to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and review. It really does help others to find the show. I have had a great time chatting with Corinne and chatting with you this week. And I hope to see you back here next week on Not Your Mama's Midlife Podcast. Check us out on your favorite podcast player or YouTube. I look forward to chatting with you again soon. Bye.